Hello and welcome to the podcast for the April 2009 issue of The Lancet Infectious Diseases. Richard Lane here with TLID's editor, John McConnell. John, we've got three reviews and a conference to discuss this month. Let's start with a review looking at something which I guess is a slightly underreported issue in infectious diseases, and that's hypoxemia, particularly among young children in developing countries. What's the issue here? Well, hypoxemia, of course, is um, low levels of oxygen in the blood. And the issue here is children with pneumonia. So in children with pneumonia, hypoxemia is a a very important risk factor for death. Pneumonia causes, amongst children under the age of five, causes a very, very substantial burden of disease. Probably something like between one and a half million and two and a half million kids under the age of five die worldwide every year with pneumonia. So if we can identify the the prevalence of hypoxemia, hypoxemia, we know we can do something about hypoxemia. It can be managed with provision of oxygen. So if we can identify what the burden of hypoxemia is, then perhaps we can do something about it. We can reduce the burden of deaths from pneumonia, and that itself will contribute towards one of the most important uh, millennium development goals, which is to reduce deaths in uh, children under the age of five by uh, two-thirds by the year 2015. So what is this review really setting out to do? Well, the review is, it's a systematic review. It's looking at published and unpublished data. The authors have gone away and contacted researchers in the field and uh, they've obtained uh, unpublished results. And they've looked at the pre- the prevalence of hypoxemia amongst children with pneumonia. And it's around, uh, around 13%. So um, ar- around 13% of children with pneumonia who require admission to a, a hospital or a healthcare facility have, have hypoxemia. Now, of course, if those uh, healthcare facilities were equipped with with oxygen, then that would be a pretty straightforward and simple treatment for hypoxemia. Uh, and I think what's what's interesting here is that we're talking we're talking here about millions of cases of children who come to uh, the attention of um, healthcare facilities. But of course, many kids never ever make it to healthcare facilities. So the authors have, have identified the burden of disease that they 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 can measure, but it implies that there's a, also a huge burden of disease among amongst children who never come to the attention of, um, of professional health carers. Indeed, and staying with pneumonia, you've got another review which is looking at Klebsiella pneumoniae, and there's, there are a couple more words after that as well. Can you tell us what this review is about? I think that the pneumoniae here is, uh, is, is kind of a historical name. It's not necessarily connected with pneumonia per se, but um, this is a review looking at a very worrying new form of antibiotic resistance which is called KPC, which is Klebsiella pneumoniae carbapenemase. And these are, by and large, these are Enterobacter, which are resistant to to beta-lactam antibiotics. So they fall within the general class of what's known as ESBLs, that's extended spectrum beta-lactamase producers. These particular organisms also produce a enzyme which breaks down the carbapenem bacteria, sorry, the carbapenem antibiotics. And the carbapenems have been used as a kind of, uh, almost as a measure of last resort to treat organisms which are resistant to the uh, other beta-lactam antibiotics. Problem here is that in the mid-1990s, uh, resistance to carbapenem started to emerge uh, initially amongst Klebsiella pneumoniae, hence the name. But there is now also carbapenemases in in other gram-negatives. So uh, E. coli, for example, and, um, and Pseudomonas. 
what this means is that some infections, some bacterial infections, talking here particularly nosocomial infections, are becoming almost untreatable. And although these infections are not yet particularly common, they are becoming widespread in a, in a few uh, areas and countries around the world. This sounds rather worrying, John. Tell us a bit more. Well, I think that the countries where there's a particular problem at the moment are certain areas of China. KPCs seem to be endemic in Israel, in Greece, in parts of South America, in parts of the USA. We are now, in certain cases, reduced to using the polymyxin antibiotics to try and treat these infections. Unfortunately, the polymyxins themselves have to be used with some degree of caution because those drugs can be toxic. And I think the real problem is that particularly to treat gram-negative infections, there is a a very poor pipeline of new antibiotics coming along to treat the gram-negatives. And I think we have a, should these organisms start to spread more widely, we could have a a, a very worrying picture of of untreatable infections. Thanks, John. And moving on to another review, and this is actually looking at the use of probiotics, isn't it, uh, in connection with C. diff. First of all, John, I was actually a little bit surprised to read that C. diff was first identified back in the States in the mid-1930s. Is that right? Yes, apparently so. No, I, I didn't realise that either. But I, I don't think it, it became, uh, I don't think the organism became associated with what was known as um, pseudomembrous colitis uh, until the mid-1970s. And now, of course, C. diff is um, what you might call a rather trendy organism in that it's made its way into the into the popular press. And it's certainly become a, a very worrying problem in the hospital setting. There are, in the United Kingdom, there are tens of thousands of cases of Clostridium difficile-associated diarrhoea every year. There has been some um, new strains and uh, apparently quite highly pathogenic strains have, have emerged in the United States. So we are looking at ways of managing these infections. The, the basic problem is that the use of broad-spectrum antibiotics disrupts the, uh, the gut microflora or, or microbiota, I believe it should be more accurately be called. And this disruption allows the colonization of the gut with uh, Clostridium difficile. So is there a way of preventing colonization? Can you do anything to, to, re, uh, to recolonize the gut with what you might call more friendly organisms. Uh, And one of the ways it's been looked at is to use probiotics. And probiotics are foods which contain live microorganisms and whose use might actually confer some health benefits. So we're talking about things like lactobacilli, about yeasts such as um, saccharomyces. In products like yeast products, yogurt, things like that. Yogurts, yogurt drinks, exactly. Yes, yes. Okay, so what's the bottom line, if there is, of of this review? Well, the bottom line is that the human trials that have been done are are promising. The type of organism you need to use seems to be uh, disease-specific. The effect seems to be organism-specific. The trials are promising in primary and secondary prophylaxis. So that's primary prophylaxis is to prevent the acquisition of the disease in the first place. Secondary prophylaxis is to to prevent the disease reoccurring once somebody who has, um, has C. diff has been cured. So we've got some encouraging results from trials, but so far not yet conclusive. As I say in many cases, um, when recording these podcasts, more work needed. Indeed. And finally, John, in this month's issue of TLID, you make an announcement about an upcoming influenza conference. Tell us a bit about that. Yes, well, this is the meeting which which, which we have announced previously, which we're going to be talking about flu, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region. It's going to take place in Tsingtao in China on August the 21st to 23rd of this year and so what we've done in this issue of in the April issue of Lancet Infectious Diseases is done a call for papers on topics related to flu and we will publish those papers assuming that they they pass peer review and revision we will publish those papers in an issue to coincide with the China flu meeting later this year.